Happy New Year. This is 2021. There has never been a year more anticipated than 2021. And all 2021 has to do to be the best year ever is just be normal. Just be normal. Don't, if you can get rid of that pandemic, we don't need a super economy. We don't need all of that stuff. We, all we need is normalcy. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a pleasure for me to be with you, and I'm glad to see you guys see um, faces we haven't seen in a long time. You guys look as good and, and handsome and, and beautiful as usual, and we bless God that you're in his house healthy. And obviously, this is the first Sunday of the year, the first service that we have. And a lot of times when we start a new year, we have what? Resolutions. Um, I hear some people are not for resolution, you know, because it's just a change of day. Uh, but for me, I'm okay. I'm okay with resolutions. I mean, if you do them in January 1st or if you do it June 1st, um, I think resolutions are good because what it does is it takes, a, a t it's a time for you to reassess your situation, right? Um, where you take what you believe and, and you, 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 you stack it up against how you behave. If you believe that you should have healthy habits and live healthy, but you realize that, you know, when COVID-19 became for you COVID-15, because you gained 15 pounds because you're sitting at home doing nothing, well, January 1st, it's as good as any time to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to take care of my health. Um, if you went, you know, on a spending spree during the holidays and you realize, oh, snap, I don't have any money in the bank. And you say, okay, you know what? I need to realign my finances. And that's fine. And so you take a time to take what you believe and you align it with how you behave. And, and, and then you resolve to do better. It's a resolution. But as we start a new year, um, leaving a year where whatever project we had, Whatever plans that we had, they all went boom. Almost all of them, uh, people were planning vacations canceled. People were planning different activities, and it all went down the drain. And so I cannot think of a better resolution this year than to become a man or a woman according to God's own heart. Because we can have all the projects that we want. We can have all the plans that we want. But we understand now the hard way that the future is not in our hands. It's in the hands of God. And that future being in the hands of God, now we have to align our belief in God with our behavior and becoming a man or a woman according to God's own heart. See, there's a few people in the Bible where God has a special relationship with them. You have Abraham that is called a friend of God. How many people would like to be a friend of God? You know, like, like God talks to you like he talks to his homeboy. Like, like he, he has something, to see, something is going to happen on earth. He's talking to you. Um, of Moses, he said, he said to, to Moses, brothers and sister, he said, to you guys, I speak to a dream. To you guys, I speak like, like in a shadow, but to Moses, I speak face to face. But there's only one man where God said, I have found in him a man according to my own heart. I can have a lot of friends, but now I cannot say I have a lot of people that are according to my own heart. And David is a man according to God's own heart. And then the book of 1 Samuel tells us a story where 
the people of God, they were led by judges, right? And those judges represented God. So it meant that the country was led by him. But they looked around in the world and they saw that every other nation, they had a king. So they decided, they said, you know what, Samuel, we don't want you to rule over us anymore. We don't want God to rule over us anymore. We want a king like all the other nations. So God said, you know what, Samuel, don't fret it. Don't, don't worry. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And, and and I'm going to give him what they want. And so God found for them a king. He was tall. He was handsome. But he was also a coward. But God allowed him to become king. And that was King Saul. And King Saul started, he started good. He started, he was doing good. But then came a time where he became prideful. And they were facing the Philistines. And before they could go to battle, they had to offer a sacrifice. Now, in Scripture, only the priest could offer a sacrifice. And Samuel said, you know what, I'm coming and I'll be there in seven days. But it looks like um, um, maybe Samuel was an islander. He came a little late. He came a little late and, um, and, and, and the people started being afraid because they did not see the prophet come. They did not see the sacrifice. So the men started to scatter. They started to, to pull away. You ever had a project and you try to get things done and, and it's falling apart. So Saul is facing the Philistine and everything is falling apart. And so he, he decides that he's going to take matters into his own hands to try to rally the troops. And he goes and he offers the sacrifice which was forbidden, which he could not do. Only the priest, according to God, could offer the sacrifice. Even the king could not do that. You know, it's a bad thing when, when you start mixing politics and, and the pulpit, when you start missing the political and the spiritual, they're not the same. There's not the same, and the government cannot speak in the church. The church can speak to the government. So Samuel comes, and God tells him what, what Saul did, and, and we find that in 1 Samuel 13, 14, if you follow with me. He says, Samuel talking to, to Saul says, you have done a foolish thing. Samuel said, you have not kept the coming of the Lord, your God. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over all Israel for all time. And so, so you might find yourself where you, 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 like, like Saul, we become impatient and we take matters into our own hands and we realize very quickly after we took matters into our own hands, maybe because somebody came or something happened that we acted foolishly. Maybe you find yourself and you're gaining some age and you're getting older than what other people say is the right age to get married. And then you have obviously your parents are going to be, ah, and they talk in your head and they talk in your head and then you decide you know what I'm not going to wait on God I'm going to take matters into my own hands and then you get married and then a couple years in you realize you have done a foolish thing or maybe you you, you know you have aspirations you want to be a professional you want to be economically stable you have big dreams and you're doing your business but it's not going as you expect so now you decide to turn corners here and you turn corners there and eventually all those corners they end up blowing in your face and you realize that you've done a foolish thing. I, I used to watch a show called American Greed and it's the story of all those Ponzi schemes and people that do. Uh, but you know what I find is sometimes before it becomes, it becomes a big Ponzi scheme, 
They started legit. They started with good intentions. And then one month, the report wasn't as good as they wanted. So they, they bent the numbers a little bit. And then said, they said, okay, you know what? We'll, we'll catch it up next month. But next month is not good. So then you bend the numbers a little bit. You cover a lie with another lie and then a lie with another lie until you're lost in the lies. And before you know it, it all blows up and you realize that you've done a foolish Thing. And Saul couldn't wait on Samuel, and he took matters into his own hands. Sometimes you have a God-given authority, but they're taking too long. They're taking longer than you expect. You think, oh, they slow, so now you decide you take matters into your own hands, and then it ends up blowing up in your face. And, 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 and Saul did a foolish thing. And verse 14, Samuel says the famous iconic phrase. He says, at verse 14, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. And I believe that in 2021, the Lord is seeking men and women after his own heart. And my question for you is, is he going to find you? Is he going to find you? And let that be your resolution for 2021, that when God seeks a man and a woman after his own heart, God, let you find me. Let you find me. And we find a couple, three chapters later, Samuel would tell us who that man according to God's own art is. And so read with me 1 Samuel 16, starting from verse 1. So you see Saul, not Saul, Samuel, he was a prophet, but he liked Saul. He had a good relationship with Saul. He was the one that found Saul, and he wanted Saul to succeed. But what you find is the men of God make not exception of anyone. It doesn't matter if I like you, if you break the word of the Lord, as the men of God have to tell you the truth. But in his heart, in his heart, Samuel was broken because Saul was rejected by God. But here's what God told, uh, told Samuel. He said, how long will you mourn Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? Saul, if Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him and they asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or the height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadad, and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, No, nah, the Lord has not chosen him either. Jesse had then had Shammah pass, by, but 
Samuel said, no, nor the Lord has chosen this one. So Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. And now there's like, well, there's none of them. So he asked Jesse, are these all your sons? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said to, to him, we will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought. He was glowing with health and had the appearance, a handsome appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. Samuel then went to Ramah. And so, so this is a story. Um, we're most used to it. Um, and, 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 we, and we know that Samuel came to, to Jesse's house and says, the Lord has appointed one of your sons to be king. So let's see your sons and we'll see who the Lord has chosen. And, and, uh, and obviously we bring Eliab and, 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 and Abinadab and Shammah and those three we find out later they were in the army. They were already grown men and they were men of war and they, they were natural born leaders. But God says, you know what? People look at the appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I want to talk to the person today that maybe you find yourself and you're the one that is lost in, 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 in the field and you're tending the sheep. You're the one that the parents don't, don't think a lot about. You're the one that when there was a yearbook and there was a most likely to succeed, you're nowhere close to that. You're at the bottom. You're the least likely to succeed. I want to tell you that even if nobody sees you, uh, nobody saw, saw saw David, but God sees you. Uh, and you see, it's funny because sometimes we we think that maybe Jesse was just mean towards David, but I don't think that necessarily Jesse was mean. I think that Jesse was just a natural man. They said we're going to come anoint a king. Jesse has eight sons. David was probably 17 years old. He's not ready to be king. But if you have eight sons and you're fast, like let's see, Jesse's fast. He's not giving his, his wife any time to rest and he pops up children, pop, 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 eight. That would mean that, that Eliab would have been 25. But if it's more normal, like a more normal rhythm of having children, maybe Eliab is in his 30s or 40s, so he's ready to be king. And a lot of time we look at things as they are now, but God looks at things as they will become. We look at people the way we see them now, but God looks at people in the way that he created them to become. And you see, when God said to, to in, in the first, first passage we read, he says, I appointed, it's in the past. For God, it's in the past, but for us, it's in the future. Because when God says something with his mouth, his hand is going to do it. So we see people as they are. And, and you ever met, like, like you're grown now, and you see a high school, a high school friend, and, and, and they go back to how things were when you were in high school. Or they will go back when you guys were kids, and, and it is always reminding you of the screw-ups that you had, right? Well, God has established you now to become a mighty woman or a mighty man of God, and I want to tell you, don't listen to what other people got to say. And, and so we, we look at the, uh, let's say, a guy like Joseph, and we see an annoying bragger. We see a like a kid, oh guys, I have made a dream and you're all gonna fall down. And you're like, quiet. 
and you just want to slap him. Right? That's how his brother felt. He says, saw in him an annoying bragger, but God saw in him a prime minister. We look at Moses and we see a murderer. We see a guy that killed a man and, and that had to run away. And the Egyptian marshal were after him and he had to hide. He's on the run. But God sees in him the deliverer that would deliver a whole people. He went from lawbreaker to lawgiver. We see Jesus and we see a carpenter, a little carpenter in a small town called Nazareth, but he is the savior of the world. That came to save humanity from their sins. So when they saw Jesus, they said, huh, can anything good from come from Nazareth? You better watch out because where, where, where you have no some somewhere that no nothing good comes out from, you can have the salvation of the world. We look at Peter, John, and James, and we see small time, small town uh, fishermen, but Jesus takes them, and then he sends them to be the first fishers of men, and then they become the pillars of the greatest organization that ever existed, which is the church. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what your neighbor says. There is no greater organization than the church of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about the buildings. I'm not talking about denominations. I'm not talking about preachers that get caught in adultery. I'm talking about the living church of Christ that is built upon, upon him. He says, upon that rock, I will build my church. The Roman Empire came and it fell. The, 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 the Ottoman Empire came and it fell. The British Empire came and it fell. Now you have an empire. It will come and it will fall, but the church will remain because the word of God cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped. They can try to burn it. They can try to put it down, but it cannot be stopped. And so, so when they did them, the leaders saw Peters and, and James and John, and they were preaching with power. They're like, well, these guys are not educated. How come they're doing what they're doing? There's some things God is going to allow you to do. People are not going to understand how come you're the one doing it because he has chosen you. He has put his hand on you. And when no one saw David, God had seen David. And it is some, 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 something weird then would happen. His father did not recognize that he could have been a king. His brother, if we would go to the next chapter, we'll see his older brother criticize and humiliate David for no valid reason. He doesn't see, even after he was anointing, the brother still did not see David as king. The prophet, the prophet didn't see it until God told him. So maybe you find yourself in a situation and your parents, and I want to talk to the parents a little bit. Watch very carefully what you say to your children. I know we like to say stuff like, oh, you will never be anything. You will never amount to anything. Watch yourself, parents, because when you say that to your child, the words that are coming out of your mouth are in direct contradictions with the words that are coming out of the mouth of God. And I want to tell you, I know it's your child, but it's God's child first. And you do not want to rise yourself against God. Because even if it's your child that came out of your bowel, that doesn't give you the right to humiliate them and embarrass them. Because God has chosen them, and they're the one that will bring the deliverance. So watch your words, how you speak to your children. Watch your words, how you speak to your siblings. Because you don't know if your little brother that's annoying, that that's not the one that God will raise up and use to bring the deliverance. And maybe you find yourself, nobody sees you. You come to church, nobody notices you. The preacher, this guy, he don't notice you. The other people, they don't notice you. But I want to tell you, God is noticing you. God is seeing you. When you're in the field and you're doing your job, God is seeing you. When you're all alone and, and you're by yourself and, 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 and your tears are, are, are wetting the pillows, God is seeing you. And, and you know what's funny? If we would go to, to verse 17 and verse 18, nobody of the close proximity of David saw him as a king. 
Nobody saw that. But you know who saw him? A stranger. See, after the Spirit of God left Saul and went on David, Saul started being tormented by an evil spirit. And it says, I mean, it says the evil spirit came from God. There's some bad stuff that happened. I know we want to blame the devil, but sometimes the bad stuff that happens is God allowing it to happen. And God allowed that spirit to come and torment Saul and torment Saul. And even in this torment, Saul understood one thing. He understood one thing. He said, you know what? If I can just get a worshiper in this room, if I can just get a worshiper in this room, then, then the evil spirit will leave and I will feel better. And, and I know, I don't know what you're going through, but if you can just get some worship in your life, if you can just get the spirit of God in your life, whatever is tormenting you, the spirit of God can wash it away. And then Saul says, verse 17, he says to, to, to his servant, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. And then one of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is brave, a man and a warrior. He speaks well and is, is fine looking, a fine looking man. And the Lord is with him. And, 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 and that's funny because his closest people did not see him, but some stranger in the palace saw him. You ever had a, a, a problem and, and then you, you're counting, oh, you know what? My car broke down and my, my homeboy, he's a mechanic. He's going to help me. And that homeboy is nowhere to be found. You, you find yourself, oh, you need a job. And that guy, he's in a great company. Or maybe he's going to hook me up. But that hookup is never to be found. And, and, and what I want to tell you in 2021 is don't put your hope in man. Put your hope in God. Because God can open doors that you don't even see coming. You see, see, he was anointed to be king, but he's in the field. How is he going to get into the palace? The first door that opens from David is a strange servant that nobody knows. Nobody knows the name. But somehow he saw David and he goes on to describe almost prophetically what David was going to become. He said of David, you know, he, he knows how to play the lyre. We know that David was a musician. He knows how to play the lyre. And, and uh, 75 of the Psalms are written by David at least. And if you don't know, the Psalms are poems that are accompanied by music. It's kind of like rap. You know, rap means rhythm and poetry, right? And, and so, so the Bible had rap. No, not really. But they had music. And the Psalms that we read is Psalm 23, Psalm 2, the Psalms of David, they're musical works. And so David was a musician. When he became king, he organized the worship of God and, and to, in the Jerusalem mass choir where, where, where he, he, he assigned the job of the different people that would lead worship. So he was a musician, but he was not only a musician, he was also a man of war. Now keep in mind, we're talking about a 17 year old that's in the field, but that servant is able to see what David would become. He's a musician. He's a man of war, but he's also a minister. He said he speaks well. And 
And, and what we find in, when we look Acts chapter 2, verse 30, Peter says of David that he was a prophet. And now, generation and generations after, we all read the book of Psalms and we all find comfort in the book of Psalms. So in that sense, David was a minister of the word. So he saw that he was a musician. He saw that he was a military man. He saw that he was a minister of the word. And, and, and that servant did not even, we don't even know his name. We don't even know how he knows David. But God has put him there to open the first door for David to come. There are some people that God is going to put when the, your time comes. There are some strangers you don't even know where they got your resume from. and say, hey, I saw your resume. I got a job for you. And it's a job that you had been waiting for. You don't know where it comes. But I want to tell you that even if nobody sees you, God sees you. God sees you. And what we find with David, what we find with David is that David was available. David was available. So what I want to tell you, if you have any resolution this year, I'm just going to give you one today. Just one is be available to God. Be available to God. You see, availability, being available is defined as being able to be used or obtained as, or to be at someone's disposal. Merriam-Webster defines it as being present or ready for immediate use. Let me ask you, in 2021, do you find yourself to be ready for immediate use? If God wants to use you in this way, if God wants to use you in that way, are you ready to be used by God immediately? Are you re ready to be used by God uh, to be available for his use? And what we find is David was available to God. You see, they told David, go in the field. And he went to the field. And, 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 and he was in the field and he was doing. And then they said to David, you know what? Go, go see the prophet. He went and he went to see the prophet. And he was in the field, tending to the sheep like it was the most important job in the world. He even risked his life to save the sheep's life. And then he went to see the prophet and he was anointed king. He didn't get a big head. You don't see David bragging. You don't see David, he just going back, be about his business. And then they said, Yo, you know what, David, you need to go to the palace. And, and what we find, if we go to um, verse 21, it says, David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. And we see, so at the beginning of the chapter, he gets anointed king. So now, can you imagine somebody comes to you and says, hey, Wayne, you're going to be CEO of Amazon. You're CEO of Amazon. Man, I can see Wayne, you grab that checkbook and you're ready. House, yacht, Lamborghini, let's go. But David doesn't go that way. David stays humble. And he finds himself, from being told he was going to be king, he finds himself being one of the armor bearers. The armor bearers is a guy that carries your stuff around. The armor bearer is a nobody. And it is so much a nobody that if we go in the next chapter, Saul is going to ask, who's that guy? You know, but that guy works for you. And that guy is the one playing music for you. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you have to shine the shoes before you can walk in the shoes. Sometimes, sometimes you have to clean the store before you own the store. You, you, sometimes you have to serve the king before you become the king yourself. 
And, and David understood that, so he was available and he was at the service of God. And what we see in David's life is that he was available to God in his time. He was available to God with his talents, his musical talents, his, his fighting spirit. He was available to God. And how we would find out later in life, he's available to God with his treasure. And what I want to challenge you to this year is to put yourself to be available to God with your time, to be available to God with your talents. What Whatever gifts that God has given you, put it to his service, but also be available to God with your, your treasures, whatever funds that God has given you. There's a lot of hurt, like we saw in 2020. There was a lot of hurt. A lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people needed all of this, and I want to give a shout out to the worship team that comes Sunday after Sunday to provide a service for people that cannot come in the pandemic. They put themselves at risk so that y'all can listen to the word of God over the over YouTube, over whatever other platform. 2021, make yourself available to God. No one saw David until God put a stranger to see him. But you know, David... I love David because David wasn't perfect. David wasn't perfect, but yet God still calls him a man according to his own heart. And, and in our, and in our lives, God has provided us a model that we can follow that is perfect. You see, we call, we say David is the king, but Jesus, imagine for, for Jesus, the Messiah to call himself the son of David. You see, David had many flaws, but God made a promise to David. It says, you know what? You're not the one that's going to build me a temple because your hands are too bloody, but I will make sure that your descendant stays on the throne and his kingdom will never end. And, and what we find out and what we know is that that descendant is Jesus Christ and he came and he is the son of David and his kingdom will never end. And, and like David, we read in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8 and 9, he says, but about the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and, and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with oil of joy. So like, like David, God took him and, and, and anointed him in front of his brothers. God took Jesus at the Jordan when John the Baptist was about to baptize them and the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God came upon Jesus Christ and he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. And then he says in later in that book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5 to 7, it says, therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. And, and so Jesus came and he says, you know what? Yes, the sacrifices, we will use them for a while, but that's not enough. That cannot cut it. And I want to talk to the person that I don't understand that religious service is not enough. God doesn't want your religious service. God wants you. God doesn't want you to just attend church on Sundays. God wants your heart from Monday to Sunday, 24-7. He wants you to come and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I, I come to do your will. And Jesus came to do God's Will. And because he did, billions of people now are saved. Billions of people now have access to God because Jesus came to do God's will by dying on that cross. 
And, and, and you know, there's a passage that's very touching. It's when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, and he's like, you know what, God? I know we spoke about this in heaven, and I know I said I was going to come, but right about now, I'm not feeling it. And he says he was anxious. He was so anxious that, that he, was ble- he, was, he was sweating blood. He was sweating blood and he says, Father, if it is possible for that cup to mean that that crucifixion, that separation from God to be taken away from me, please take it away from me. And he prayed one time. He prayed two times. And he prayed three times. And then he understood that it was not possible. He understood that if he did that, Clarence would die. If he did that, Dave would die in hell. If he did that, Gio, Danny, they will all die in hell. He says, you know what? I can't do that to these guys. And he said, you know what? Not my will, your will be done. You know, sometimes when you follow the will of God, it's not easy. You know, you can see the will of God and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, but it's still the will of God. It's it's not going to be pleasant, but it's still the will of God. You know, when we were young, when we were young, we had that um, little drawing thing and it was like a whole bunch of dots. So you couldn't tell what the image was until you connected all the dots. And when you connected all the dots, you would see, oh, it's a doggy, or oh, it's an eagle, or, or, or whatever the case is. You guys remember that game? You used to connect the dots? In Christian life, the dots are not connected forward. They're connected backwards. Meaning, you don't understand all that you're going through until you go through it. Until You don't understand all that pain until you go through the pain. And then when you're on the other side, then you look back and you see that God had a plan. And you see now that it makes sense in God's economy. And when Jesus went at the cross, it, it, it was painful. It was hurtful. But that was Friday. On Sunday, he rose from the dead. And now the dots connect. Because now that he's ringing, now we can come to God. We have access to God. And so my challenge to you is to make yourself available to God in 2021. So just get on your knees when you're alone by yourself with God and say, God, here I am. Use me. If you can use a murderer like like Moses, you can use me. If you can use a bragger like Joseph, you can use me. If you can use a liar like Abraham, you can use me. Whatever you think is holding you back, whatever you think is making you not qualified, I want to tell you that God is an expert at using people that are not qualified. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. There's a song that we used to sing back in the day. Is Lord, I'm available to you. And the chorus goes like, like this. It says, Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say to use me, Lord, to show someone the way and enable me to say my storage is empty and I am available to you. So let that be your prayer in 2021. A lot of times we have... See, that that verse says, my storage is empty. But sometimes the problem is the storage is not empty because we did not spend the last batch of blessing that God has given us. So let it be that this year, whatever God's giving you, lay it all out on the floor. So we're going to close in worship. Now for you to say, you know what, God, I'm available to you. You need to understand that God is faithful. 
You need to understand that, you know what, I have my plans, but God's plans are better. You know what, I, I, I might not like how this is going, but I, and I might not understand what God is doing, but I'm going to trust his heart. I'm going to trust his heart because God is faithful, because God does not leave us. He doesn't abandon us. And everything that we went through in 2020, God is still on the throne, and that did not take him by surprise. So I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes as we go before the throne of God and just pour your heart out to him and make yourself available because he is faithful. Bon Dieu